Welcome back to the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking all things buy low and sell high. We got three of each, 12 players total. All players right now that you need to either be trading for or trading away in fantasy football. We did the show last week. We had a lot of really good buy lows that ended up being awesome in the following week. I think we're going to do it again this week. So Ben, let's start with you. Who is your first buy low player of the week? I'm not sure how much of a buy low he is, but he's a buy, and I think it's only up from here. Justin Fields is super interesting to me. He is the QB2 over the past two weeks, which is why it's not quite a buy low, but he's screaming buy because his elite talent comes from what he can do on the ground, right? That's why he's the QB2 over the past two weeks. Wrong! 53 of his 60 fantasy points over the last two weeks actually come from passing the ball. If you were to remove every single quarterback rushing play from fantasy football over the last two weeks, Justin Fields is actually the QB one. He only has eight fantasy points from rushing the ball over the last two weeks, Alex. Eight. And he's an elite rusher, right? Seven players have more fantasy points from rushing, um, rushing attempts than Justin Fields, including Justin Herbert, who only played one game. Justin Fields is a good passer. There's only two quarterbacks right now with more yards per attempt over the past two weeks. It's Brock Purdy and Josh Allen. And I know everyone's thinking, oh, if only he got to play Denver every single week. If only he got to play Washington. But he's playing Minnesota this week. That's one of the worst secondaries. They're allowing 10% more yards per game than the average NFL defense. The seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Justin Fields is going to have another big week. He's only going to continue getting better. We saw it last year. Buy him. He's a great passer, phenomenal rusher. How high of a price is it going to take to get Justin Fields coming off his best two games this season? I agree that I don't think people realize the untapped upside with the passing the ball, but what can you get right now and what would you be willing to pay for him? The thing that blows my mind is how many threads I see floating around on Twitter. Oh, sell Justin Fields high. Like now's your opportunity. Sell him high. He did the same thing last week. He was terrible for the first weeks of the season. That's when I bought him last year. And then I bought him for Russell Wilson last year. And then he was the quarterback one for the rest of the year. I think that realistically in one quarterback leagues, you could probably trade like a flex wide receiver two player. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite sell highs. Maybe one of those guys you can trade away for Justin Fields. Yeah, someone else I can't get enough of is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I think last week a lot of people are concerned that he only saw a 15% snap share in the first week back. People are saying, okay, like what if they sign him to this big deal and now they don't even want to use him? I'm taking advantage of that joke. I mean, right now Zach Moss is second in the NFL in total touches per game. He's the running back seven on the year in fantasy football. And yes, that's really great for Zach Moss, but I think that just shows of how awesome Jonathan Taylor is going to be when he gets up to that full workload because inevitably he is their guy. He's going to see an insane amount of touches, and I think that he is better than Zach Moss in every part of being an NFL player, which means that he legitimately has that top five upside as soon as this week if he can take over the full workload. I'm going to buy him while he can because that window is going to slam shut really soon. Do you think that the Colts are going to lean on him more or less with Gardner Minshew, uh, the quarterback? of the team for the next four weeks. I think he gets even more work with Gardner Minshew. I mean, we saw Zach Moss's best games all come when Anthony Richardson was out. I think that extra rushing dynamic means that there's more carries to go around for the running backs rather than rest of those designed QB rush attempts. So I think it's really positive for Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor, if somebody has been holding on to him 
for this long, they're probably not likely to sell him because they did all the waiting. There's a lot of uncertainty. I know in one of my leagues, he went as late as the seventh round, but he could realistically, you know, fresh legs. This team has really been impressive. He could return to full form, and I know that I want to be buying him where I can. Alex, uh, there's another running back I'm buying. Do you know who it is? Who? I, I believe you're naming your firstborn child after him. It's got to be Rashad White. It's Rashad White. For those who missed it, Alex said if Rashad White is an RB, the RB1, he's going to name his child Rashad Caruso. Um, there's only two running backs that I would call bell cows in the NFL right now, and it's Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs. They're the only two running backs with more than 70% of their team's carries. So White, he's only seen 58% of his team's carries. That's well above average, but it's not quite bell cow status. So you probably think about that, and you're like, well, he's the RB28 in points per game, and you're like, hmm, Rashad White. I'll pass. But here's the thing about Rashad White. I think he's the number one by low right now. It's not the rushes that excite me. It's the receptions. It's 19 touches per game. It ranks eighth right now among running backs. That's a number that if it doesn't at least stay the same, I think it's going to go up. And last season, here are the players with that many touches per game. Joe Mixon, CMC, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry. All consensus top 12 guys with more than 19 touches, all RB1s. Rashad White, he's seeing the volume, and he's in this new offense, and he hasn't made splashy plays, but the offense has been good. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're both fantasy relevant. And if you've watched this show from its inception through the offseason, you know that Baker Mayfield has had an RB1 every single year of his NFL career. Yes, it's been guys like Nick Chubb and CMC and Kareem Hunt, but Cam Akers averaged over 100 yards per game last year. He was just traded for a bag of peanuts. He's not very good. Rashad White's volume is elite, and he is the best buy low in fantasy football right now. He's one of four running backs right now, seeing over 75% of the goal line work and over 50% of the passing down work. The two most elite roles for fantasy football. The only other guys doing it are Saquon Barkley, Ramondre Stevenson, Alvin Kamara. It's a pretty good list to be a part of. Someone else that I'm buying has got to be Tony Pollard. I mean, right now he is fourth in total touches among all running backs right now, but he's just a running back 11. I think people are really frustrated with him because he's coming off two consecutive bad weeks, but still being the running back 11 after that is pretty dang good. He's got a prime matchup against the Chargers who are bottom 10 run defense coming for this Monday night football in week six. I think this is where we see the big Tony Pollard mega breakout game. It's going to be a closer game. They're going to score a lot of points, and I think that Tony Pollard is going to be the face of that this week, and this is ultimately where he is going to start his ascension back into a top-five running back for the rest of the season. I think it was Jerry Jones just a couple of days ago who was like, we need to be spreading the ball around more. And for me, that gets me really concerned about my CD Lamb shares, but it does not get me concerned about my Tony Pollard shares because Tony Pollard, this dude is a guy who, like, it, it, the team was so stupid about how they used Zeke. They just used Zeke an insane amount. And now that he's gone, once the team kind of gets back up and running again, Tony Pollard's that guy. I'm with you, Alex. I think he's one of the best uh, by low running backs in the NFL. Not quite as good as Rashad Caruso, Rashad White. Yeah, totally. Where is the next guy that you're going to for the final by low of this episode so far? 
Again, I don't know if you would consider Hollywood Brown a buy low, but he's not one of the sexy names in fantasy football. And for me, that makes him a buy low. He's quietly had a really good start to the season. He ranks 12th in team target share on the Cardinals. He's 21st in fantasy points per game. He's without a doubt been the Arizona Cardinals' most prolific option through the air. And with James Conner on IR, I actually think that Marquise Brown is going to see a slightly higher target share, which is going to project him for even more than he has been doing. And low-key, Josh Dobbs has been cooking. He's 12th in EPA per play. He's actually a viable fantasy football streamer. He's thrown two touchdowns in back-to-back games. And with Conner on IR, Cardinals are going to open up the offense. They're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. And fortunately, they're facing off against the Rams this year or this week. I think that this will be a really fun matchup to, you know, a really high octane offense in the Rams and then a team trying to catch up. I think Hollywood Brown can be a top 12 wide receiver this week. And if that's the case, he is a screaming by potentially the best game of his season. And if you get him now, you'll have him for when Kyler Murray returns later in the season. When Kyler Murray returns, I mean, he's been he's already the wide receiver 12 right now with Josh Dobbs playing. So is he going to just maintain that when Kyler Murray comes back? Or do you think that he has a shot at rising in maybe to the top eight or top five wide receivers? Or is it probably this is going to as good as it's going to get with Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray? It's funny. I remember us having this conversation during the offseason, Alex. I don't know if, if you remember. I don't know which episode it was, but I talked about how when um, – when Kyler missed time last season, Marquise Brown was a top 10 wide receiver, but he had one of the lowest average depths of targets in the entire NFL. They were making it a priority to get the ball to Marquise Brown. And then once Kyler Murray came back, he actually performed a decent amount worse, but it's because he was no longer just getting the ball thrown to him. I actually think he might be a little bit worse when Kyler Murray comes back, but that's a little counterintuitive to say. So because of that, if this offense just keeps getting better as the season goes on, you got to believe um, Hollywood Brown will get better too. So I, if I can get him for cheap now, I do think there's a chance he only gets better, even if the data suggests he might get slightly worse. Yeah, I agree. I think the running back, sorry, the wide receiver four he's at right now is probably where he's going to stay at. I don't think that he can get much better than wide receiver 12, but as long as the quarterback play stays the same, I don't think it's going to get much worse. My final buy low has got to be Chris Olave, who has been absolutely nuked by game script and gameplay the last two weeks. I mean, he had double-digit targets the first three weeks of the season, and then Derek Carr shouldn't have even played in week four, which totally nuked Chris Olave. And then this past week, they had a 30-point blow against the Patriots. I still think that Chris Olave is going to end the season as a top-12 wide receiver. He's had the second-most air yards of any wide receiver so far. Every other player in the top five of air yards is currently a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Chris Olave due for a lot of positive regression, a lot of bad game script that screwed him the last two weeks. But I think he gets back on track this week against the Texans. Yeah, I. Uh, if you want to hear more about Chris Olave, Alex, you stole my guy because I talked about him last week on the show. And if you recall, I said, wait a week. Because Derek Carr's AC is a little bit concerning. The reason he's so high in air yards right now is because Derek Carr, he was averaging like four yards per attempt last week. He should not have played, or two weeks ago rather. And then he was just chucking deep bombs the whole time, hoping that Chris Olave could get something. Once the offense starts firing, Chris Olave's value is going to shoot up. And because of all of those little checkdowns that you were getting from this offense, my sell high, my very first sell high for this week, is Alvin Kamara. I'm not ready to sell him yet. I actually think he's more of a hold than a sell. 
But, you know, Alvin Kamara has seen this unprecedented usage. His 24 and a half touches per game is the highest he's ever seen in his seven years. And you got to imagine it's going to come ticking back down. One, when Derek Carr starts to feel better from that injury. Two, when Jamal Williams is eligible to return from IR next week. I think it, um, Kamara could be a top 12 back for the rest of the season. I believe in him. I think I even said that in our bold prediction show where I also called Sam Laporta a top five tight end. And I said Josh Jacobs wouldn't be a top 12 running back. You clowned me for both of those takes, Alex. I'm a little bit hurt. Uh, but the Saints did bring in Jamal Williams. They drafted Ken, uh, rookie Kendra Miller. I don't think we've seen the peak of this offense yet. And once the ball starts getting spread around between all of those talented players, including Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, Alvin Kamara is not going to sustain this level of work. So I'm going to hold him for now. But if you get a good offer, I wouldn't mind selling him. Yeah, I think that I would be holding him or, or buying him if anyone is selling him for any price. I mean, he's leading the NFL right now in running back touches per game. Chris Olave be damned. Like I think that there he is somebody that is still going to borderline lead the NFL in touches per game or at least be top five. It's the workload we've seen from every year. Alvin Kamara's worst season is the running back 13 in fantasy points per game. So I'm either holding or buying all day, every day. But someone who's going to lose work is Alexander Madison, who, unlike Alvin Kamara, is a career backup. Justin Jefferson is going to be on IR, going to miss a few weeks. Some people think it's going to be a good thing because it means more running game. I think it's still a really bad thing. Their offense is going to be way less productive as a whole. Alexander's Madison's usage has gone down each of the last few weeks. Cam Akers has not been good, but he's consistently seen an increase. Madison, career backup. I don't think he's ever going to rise. I'd be selling him high if anyone thinks that he is going to improve with Justin Jefferson out. This offense is a mess. I do projections every single week for the 33rd team. You can catch those on my Twitter at Ben Wilby or at the 33rdteam.com. My projections model was lost without Justin Jefferson. It's all over the place with Jordan Addison. It had TJ Hawkinson with this monster leap in target share. And then the addition of Cam Akers doesn't make it any better, right? Because who is this bell cow going to be? Cam Akers Probably not the bell cow, but he's going to eat into the work. And there's just so much uncertainty into this offense right now. I'm with you. Selling Alexander Madison, probably going to be really high on my priority list if I have him. Yeah, I cannot agree more. He's definitely someone to sell high. But what about maybe at the wide receiver position? Who's a player to you that kind of sticks out as somebody that you might be selling high on after this week? I got to sell high on Calvin Ridley, which which hurts me so much to say, because you know how high I was on him on the offseason. And I'm not saying I'm no longer high on him. I think that he's honestly like a borderline flex wide receiver two type of player. Over the past four weeks, Christian Kirk has twice as many receptions per game as him. Evan Ingram is even seeing more targets and more receptions. And yes, Ridley's workload is increasing week over week over week. He's been able to stay afloat because of his 15.1 yards per reception. That ranks 16th among receivers with more than 10 receptions. And he does have two touchdowns to Kirk's one. But until he starts seeing that higher target share, Christian Kirk is just going to be the better wide receiver to own in this offense. And I'm not saying bench Calvin Ridley. I know you love Calvin Ridley. I think he is week in and week out top 12 upside. But until that consistency that continues happening, I don't understand how you can consider him a better player than Christian Kirk. I think at some point Christian Kirk will take the back seat to Calvin Ridley. But right now, you could sell Calvin Ridley on name value alone. I love this offense. I called ETN a buy on this show last week. He was the number one back in all of fantasy football last week. So if Ridley ever starts to look like himself again, he'll be Trevor Lawrence's number one target. 
but Christian Kirk is the top target earner. He has been the best, and I would rather have Christian Kirk on my fantasy teams right now than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think I'm going to push back on this, especially because, I mean, Calvin Ridley, again, he had a really great start to the season against the Colts. That's who he's going to play. His best game of the season came against the Colts. He's playing them this week. He's going to have an awesome game. So at minimum, I would be waiting for Calvin Ridley to go off this week against the Colts. Beyond that, he's still seen at least seven plus targets in all but one game. And from week two through week five, he went up in fantasy points every single week. Maybe it's just as simple as he's still the old Calvin Ridley. It's just taken him a few games to ramp up back to what we've seen from old Calvin Ridley. No matter what, how you feel on either side of this debate, wait till he plays the Colts because he is going to go off once again. The player I'd be selling, Adam Thielen. Top 10 wide receiver right now, playing on a bad team with the worst record in the NFL. And anytime you get an old wide receiver on a bad team with a rookie quarterback, those things don't usually mess. I'm selling the top 10 wide receiver of Adam Thielen, regardless of the target competition right now. Alex, I said buy Chris Olave on last week's show. You say buy Chris Olave on this week's show. I say sell Adam Thielen on last week's show. You say sell Adam Thielen on this week's show. You're just a week behind me. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like next week you're going to be saying to sell Calvin Ridley too. No way. I, I'm all I'm all in on selling Adam Thielen. Maybe I was a week late on that, but I think that for Adam Thielen, no matter what, he still continued to have a really great week last week. His value is only going to go up every time he has a good week. Now I think it's still the time to sell before the value gets too low. For sure. And I'm just joking. You know that. But I'm, I'm actually panicking, not joking, when I say it's time to sell Derrick Henry. My model ranked him as the RB14 this week, and I panicked. I thought something was broken in my code. Henry only saw three more snaps than Taji Spears last week. He's actually been out-snapped by him altogether over the past three weeks. And yeah, Derrick Henry is one of the greatest of all-time running backs, but the Titans are bottom 10 in rushing EPA. The offense hasn't even been able to put together a decent passing game. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers right now in target share, but he's nothing in fantasy football. They cannot get the offense firing on all cylinders, and that's one of the big reasons why they're struggling in the rushing game. And Henry's not even seeing the volume that we're used to seeing from for him. One thing that you need to consider is this upcoming matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. It is not good on paper for the Titans, especially when you consider that Baltimore is allowing the third fewest EPA per rush play. The only running back to finish as a weekly running back one against his defense was Zach Moss. He went for 122 yards and two touchdowns, but I don't think that's going to happen with Derrick Henry when this offense is so bad. And if you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team, you're going to want to start him but I'd sooner trade him away on name value, package him for Rashad White and Hollywood Brown or one of the other guys we've mentioned on this show. I'd feel much better doing that than rolling out Derrick Henry for another week. Yeah, I mean, he's been outsnapped by Tajay Spears in four or five weeks. I mean, that, that's all you need to know when you can still sell Derrick Henry for a really high price. The touches have still been good, but him consistently getting outsnapped on an offense that I really don't think is that good. Never great for fantasy football. Someone on a really good offense that I'm definitely selling has got to be James Cook. His touches have gone down in four straight weeks. You can sell him on the value of being on the Bills offense alone. And he's a smaller back, and they've tried to you know slowly incorporate these bigger backs that can sustain a workload for an entire season. 
I still believe in James Cook, but he started to lose the receiving work. He's losing the snap work. He's gone down in touches for four straight weeks. I don't think the trends are very good for James Cook right now. He's not going to get completely phased out. I just don't think that he's going to give us a high weekly four or present the ceiling that we were hoping for that we were going to see from him in this offense. For me, I'm selling high because he's the lead running back on the Bills offense, and you can always get value for that right now. You know who James Cook kind of reminds me of uh, from last year? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Do you remember last year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was like the RB5 through the first month of football because he was just involved in like really silly red zone plays. He was getting like check downs that were going for 20, 30 yards, touchdown machine. That's kind of what James Cook feels like. I feel like he's not a talented player. I feel like he's in a great offense. So I want him on my team. But we saw Latavius Murray get really involved in the red zone. Uh, Damian Harris, just two years ago, was second to Jonathan Taylor in touchdowns. There's only a matter of time before he starts getting goal line work, too. And, you know, Stephon Diggs is the one of the best wide receivers. Even Gabe Davis right now. Like, you want a piece of this offense because everyone looks great. But it's only a matter of time until James Cook, his, his sky-high value comes comes cratering down, Alex. Yeah, I think that, again, it is only a matter of time. Let me ask you about another running back really quick that is similar to that. Kyron Williams for the Rams. Are you buying, selling, or holding him right now? Because he is similar to James Cook, where he's a smaller back on an offense that's playing really good. He doesn't have like you know a lot of competition for touches. Really, Ronnie Rivers has been the only guy playing behind him, but he leads the NFL. I mean, sorry, he is last in the NFL in rushing yards over expectation. He's been seeing an insane workload. What would you be doing right now with someone like Kyron Williams? I think with Kyron, with Kyron Williams, you have to hold him just because of the amount of volume that he's getting. Keep in mind, the Rams did draft uh, rookie running back Zach Evans, but that's nothing new for them. I think we've seen from Sean McVay, they draft a running back every single year, never pans out. Look at Jake Funk. Now he's over on the Colts, never even made it through his rookie contract. That's what's most likely, I think, for Zach Evans. So Ronnie Williams, he doesn't excite me. That's a guy who's been on the team, but he hasn't really done anything. You have to hold him based off of volume alone and hope now that with Cooper Cup and Pukunakua, who looked phenomenal last week, that maybe that opens up a couple of things in the rushing game and Kyron Williams can get involved with big chunk plays once or twice a week. I'm not excited about it. I don't think he is a sexy player to be touting out week in and week out, but I do think until he uh, proves otherwise, he should be started in, in your fantasy football leagues. Yeah, I think that he's a buy for me, honestly. Um, he's averaging 21 touches over the last four weeks. I know that the efficiency hasn't been really good, but like you mentioned, they don't have anyone else they're going to bring in. Ronnie Rivers does not scare me. They haven't tried to implement any other running back that is on their practice squad or anywhere else in their team right now. So I think that for me, he could be a buy, especially coming off the toughest matchup in the league against the Eagles, where people think that his efficiency just dropped off last week. Actually, he just had the best matchup. One other guy I want to talk about really quickly, Jordan Addison, buy, sell, or hold. Justin Jefferson out till at least through week 10. He's now the number one wide receiver on the team. Are we buying at peak value and thinking that he continues the stretch through the full season when Jefferson comes back? Or are you selling off for him to get profit over the next couple of weeks? Why are, why do you assume that this is peak value just because of the Justin Jefferson news? Well, it, peak value to where he's been so far this season. I, I will tell you, I personally, I think Justin Jordan Addison is a perfect buy right now. Yeah. He was someone I was in on all season, their yeah. first round pick. He's had three really, really good games, and he's seen at least eight targets two out of the last three weeks. 
And I think that he is only going to ascend over his rookie year. And this team is passing more than almost any team in the NFL. I'd be buying him all day right now, regardless of him being the number one wide receiver, because this is just going to carry his platform to lift off. So I think it's the peak value for now, but I think that value is only going to grow every week. Yeah. When you say that, you know, are you buying at peak value? I think that value is only going to go up once he starts, you know, his target share moves from 15% to at least 20%. I think Jordan Addison was drafted because he would fit seamlessly in this offense. Now that he's the number one wide receiver. Yeah. I want to buy him because I think he's only peak value. I don't, I don't think so. I do kind of have interests though in zigging while others zag. KJ Osborne is somebody that really interests me. The Vikings say that he's going to move to play more of an X role versus a slot role. There's a good chance that he sees a massive uptick in targets while Jordan Addison doesn't. I personally don't believe that's going to happen, but I'm interested in putting a flyer on him. And I actually think the biggest beneficiary uh, of this whole offense is going to be TJ Hawkinson. He could be fantasy football's tight end one. Yes, better than Travis Kelsey over the next four weeks, especially with Kelsey's injury. And especially when you consider the only thing that's stopping TJ Hawkinson from doing that, he hasn't had as many yards per reception as Kelsey. He hasn't had as many touchdowns as Kelsey. Once that comes, I, I really think he's a good sneaky buy as well. What about someone like Jameer Gibbs? I mean, are you buying him right now? Are you selling him? Are you holding him? Like, where do you stand on Jameer Gibbs? David Montgomery clearly been their guy. He is right now top five in touches per game at the running back position. I know Jameer Gibbs might be missing this week with a hamstring injury, but regardless, we still see the 12th overall pick. They always end up using those guys over the back half of the season. So would you be buying him for cheap right now? Would you just be holding him and try? Actually, let's not even put holding in it because if you have him, you have to hold him. You can't trade him. But would you be willing to buy him from a team right now if you are, let's say, three and two, four and one, or five and zero, oh, or are you kind of staying away for the rest of the year? It, it, it depends. It's exactly what you said. If I'm four and one, if I'm five and zero, oh, I'm buying Jameer Gibbs all day, every day, right? Like he was a first round rookie talent. Every time we see a rookie taken in the first round, they end up being an elite running back. And and I hate when the word league winner is thrown around, but like. I call David Montgomery a league winner because I recognize the role that he fills in Ben Johnson's offense. Like he was just going to take the Jamal Williams role. Uh, I said that a bunch on this show and you talked about how um, Gibbs is just going to take DeAndre Swift's role, but be even better than him. I think what we've seen is he's just taken that role and nothing else. He's literally just an overhyped, talented running back who's going to get traded to the Eagles in a couple of years, go birds, and then be a very good talent. I think that you have to cross your fingers and hope. And if you can afford to hold on to him right now and you are looking for a playoff push at him, trade for him, get him. Cause I do think that there's a chance he ends up being better than, um, you know, we've seen from Deandre Swift. I, I know you like him. You're, you're buying him as well, right? Yeah. I think I have to be buying him. I think that I'd probably be buying him after I wait to see the injury news from, you know, all the, Injury doctors, if you want to call them, that it seems like Jameer Gibbs probably not going to play this week because he hurt the hamstring less than a week ago. So if he's out this week, that's when I'm sending my buy low offer because someone's going to be really frustrated with him. They're going to see he's out because of a hamstring injury. And I think his price will like hit rock bottom for what it could be. No one's going to be dropping him, but you can trade him for somebody that's really cheap. And again, we talk about all the time. It is chase upside. I'm playing to beat nine to 15 other league mates in fantasy football. I'm not playing for second place. If you're playing for a home run, Jameer Gibbs is the guy. But if you want to hit more home runs with us, don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn the notifications on for more 33rd team goodness coming out each and every day. We'll be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time to be doing more live buy lows and sell highs with you guys all. But until next time, keep chasing that upside.